We estimate that about 50,000 companies in Europe would be covered by the CSRD. They will uh, likely request information from their suppliers. So this is likely to trickle down into the supply chain. How do we ensure that investors, but also other stakeholders like NGOs and so on, have enough information to assess the sustainability-related risks that, uh, and opportunities also that companies face? This is not something that should just be managed as a technical process. It is something that is in the future going to be uh, central to business strategy. Don't wait. Uh, these deadlines that I've mentioned may seem far away, but actually they're not. Speaking of sustainability, a podcast where we talk to frontrunners, innovators and business specialists on, well, sustainability and where they think their industries are headed and more importantly, how they can make them more sustainable. Hi there, I'm Honey Lama from EcoChain and I work in sustainable business. As you may know, there are big things happening in the environmental data reporting field and they're happening soon. That's why we're here to give you the inside scoop. We're talking about the CSRD or the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive, of course, which will affect more than 50,000 companies within the EU. To make sure you're prepared, we interviewed experts in the field to address questions such as who will this directive apply to, what kind of data do you need, and by when do you really need to start reporting? See you in the interviews. Um, so hi, Alain. It's so great to have you here. Thank you so much for making the time to be here and share your knowledge on this really important topic. Um, before we get started, uh, I thought it would be great if you could shortly introduce yourself uh, and your connection to the CSRD. Certainly. Um, thank you for the invitation. It's great to be here. Uh, so my connection to the CSRD is that um, I work in the European Commission uh, and I'm uh, managing the team uh, that actually drafted the CSRD legislative proposal, yeah. um, including all the other related documents, uh, the impact assessment we did before we published the proposal and so on. So, um, so I, I guess uh, I'm not the author uh, because one of my colleagues who's a lawyer actually drafted the proposal. Yeah. Uh, but I'm part of the team that uh, drafted the, uh, the proposal. Okay, great. Um, so to begin with, uh, there might be some companies that heard the term, but don't exactly know what it is. Uh, for those companies, could you maybe shortly explain the CSRD? Yeah, um, I, I'll, I think I can, I can do this in two parts very shortly. First of all, what's the policy objective? And then secondly, what's the sort of practical objective the the policy objective is very simple it's just to um how do we ensure that investors but also other stakeholders like ngos and so on have enough information to assess the sustainability related risks that uh, and opportunities also that companies face Mm -hmm. um, so that's the kind of the policy objective, because sustainability is increasingly important for, for investment decision making. From a practical objective, the way to do that, and what we're trying to achieve with the CSRD, is really to bring sustainability reporting as close as possible to the level of maturity that financial reporting has achieved. Uh, and of course, financial reporting has taken a long time to achieve this, and there are a number of components 
that we need to work on to, to, to in, in, enhance the maturity of, uh, of uh, sustainability reporting. And those would include, uh, for example, having clear reporting standards, um, providing some assurance or audit over uh, the information that companies publish, uh, digitizing that information, uh, and also ensure that it's properly enforced and supervised, just as financial information is today in financial markets. Okay, great. Um, and which companies are actually going to need to start uh, complying with the CSRD? Right, so um, the in our proposal, and I have to emphasize always that all we have done so far is to publish a legislative proposal, which yeah. still has to go through the European Parliament and the Council, so it's, it can still change. Yeah. But in our proposal, we have uh, suggested that uh, basically all large companies in Europe, um, whether they are listed or not, should report under the CSRD. And by large, I refer to a definition that's included in the accounting directive, uh, it's two out of three criteria based on employees, turnover, and balance sheet size. Um, I'll, I'll skip the numbers, but um, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're set out in our proposal. Um, yeah. And uh, we also propose that listed uh, SMEs should uh, report under the CSRD, although based on sort of more targeted and simpler requirements and, and starting a little bit later to allow those SMEs more time to adapt. In total, that means we estimate that about 50,000 companies in Europe would be covered by the CSRD. And that should be compared to about 10,000 companies that are covered by the current legislation, because yeah. we've had a directive related to what we call at the moment non-financial information since 2014, uh, but it applies to a much smaller number of companies. Okay, great. So a lot more companies are gonna need to start reporting. Indeed. And, uh, and of course, those are the companies that uh, are directly covered by our legislation. Uh, but I'm sure that, and this is something that we have set out in our impact assessment, is those companies that are required to report mm -hmm. according to the CSRD, and of course, as I said, depending on what the outcome of the legislative procedure is, uh, they will uh, likely request information from their suppliers, for example, in order to be able to co comply with those reporting requirements. So this is likely to trickle down into the supply chain, uh, not immediately, we think, to all companies, but certainly it will first hit sort of first tier suppliers of large companies. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they themselves may have to request information from, from their own suppliers. Okay, so basically what you're saying is that some uh, smaller companies, which are suppliers to these large companies that comply with the CSRD, might also actually be affected by uh, this directive. Yeah, indirectly, yes. They will not be required yeah. to report under the CSRD because mm -hmm. uh, it, it doesn't cover any small or medium-sized companies other than listed companies, uh, but it, it is likely to have an indirect impact indeed. That's something we've, we've looked at and we acknowledge in our impact assessment. Okay. Um, and so I think what a lot of companies probably want to know is, yeah, when will they have to start complying with these standards? Again, I can speak to what we've proposed. Uh, and uh, there are still discussions in the European Parliament and in the Council. The timetable could still change. But yeah. what we have proposed is that large companies should produce their first reports in 2024, 
based on 2023 financial years. And that uh, the SMEs, listed SMEs, which are the only SMEs that we require to report in our proposal, yeah. uh, would start three years later. Uh, so in yeah. 2020, sorry, 2026, two, two years later, uh, and and could um, and and could do that on the basis of simplified standards. Okay. So they wouldn't have to apply the full standards that large companies apply. Okay, interesting. So yeah, 2023 numbers will have to be reported on most likely in 2024 that's our proposal uh, again uh, that timetable could still change as part of the legislative process yeah okay interesting um and what type of sustainability information are these companies going to need to report on right so in our proposal we try to cover the full esg spectrum so yeah. environmental social and governance uh, which is i think a, a well-known term um and in the proposal, we set out some of the specific subtopics within each of the E, S, and G categories yeah. that uh, we think um, companies should report about. For example, when uh, we refer to the environment, we uh, define that in terms of six environmental objectives, which are set out in another piece of legislation that has already yeah. been agreed. Uh, that's the taxonomy on sustainable finance. Uh, and so we, we, we try to provide more, more details about what we mean by each of these ESG uh, categories. Um, but the legislation itself is only going to be, cannot go into all the details. Right. And so we have asked uh, um, a nonprofit making body in, uh, that's based in Brussels, the European Financial Reporting Advisory Group, mm -hmm. to start working on detailed reporting standards. Yeah. And those standards we would then adopt to make them legally binding, we mean meaning the Commission, uh, at a later stage. And, and that the timetable for that is set out in the in the proposal too. Um, and uh, again, these are th th this is just because it's impossible to go into all the details in the legislation. Yeah. And we've also asked FRAC to work together with international standard setters like the Global Reporting Initiative or, and the IFRS Foundation, which recently announced the establishment of an International Sustainability Standards Board uh, yeah. so that we achieve some convergence at international level and we don't have lots of different, of, of completely different standards all over the world, which would make uh, life more complicated. Yeah, okay, great. I mean, that's a, it's a lot of information uh, and I can imagine for companies this might be quite stressful. Uh, do you have any tips for how they can begin with a framework to actually start collecting the data? Yeah, well, the, the first thing uh, I would say is that it's never too early to start preparing. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is, of course, an, a lot of technical work, if I can put it that way, that has to be done. For example, finding out how a company is going to collect the data that it needs in order to be able to report. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is uh, something that may require a look at IT systems and reporting procedures within the company and so on. Yeah. So that's, that, there's a, there, there is, of course, that detailed work that is required. But I think my, my, my main message is that this is not just a technical exercise. Mm -hmm. Because when we talk about sustainability reporting, contrary to financial reporting, we look much more into forward-looking information. Yeah. information about what the company what the company's business model uh, its strategy its policies its objectives and targets are and that is not something that can be left to just a technical function uh, yeah. within the company that is something 
that needs the full attention of senior management and even boards mm -hmm. uh, of companies. So um, what my advice would be that this is not something that should just be managed as a technical process. It is something that is in the future going to be uh, central to business strategy. Uh, and it really needs senior management and board attention. So basically to, to try to get uh, as many people on board within the, within the teams and within the company with the, creating the strategies is kind of... A Absolutely, uh, within the company. And you can also think about outside the company because um, depending on... It's going to be different for each company and, and each company has to make its own decisions. But there may be external stakeholders that are important too and that should be involved in one way or another in this process. So, um, so I think uh, each company needs to do a sort of a mapping of who are the people who need to be involved in this process so that it is able to, um, it is able to collect uh, information, but also really integrate that reporting process into its business strategy. Perfect. Um, so you kind of touched upon this already, um, but when do companies have to start taking the first steps to prepare? Well, Again, uh, I, I think it's never too early to, to, to start preparing. Um, <clears throat> at the moment, uh, as I said, there is still the legislative process that is taking place. And uh, in fact, tomorrow, the European Parliament, or one of the committees of the European Parliament will have its first meeting to discuss uh, the proposal. Mm -hmm. So of course, uh, those meetings, I think, are public, or at least they're recorded and can therefore be, uh, can be uh, viewed at a later stage if anybody wants to see what's happening as part of the legislative process. Right. But in addition to that, I mentioned the work of EFRAG, the European Financial Reporting Advisory Group, yeah. <clears throat> which has established a project task force to start looking at <clears throat> the development of standards. Yeah. And uh, they are making information public also. So they've already, for example, published a working paper on climate reporting. They've published a recently uh, a status report on their work. All of that is available on FRAC's website. And I think it, it, if companies that are interested in this can also already start following that work and indeed providing inputs because all the standards will be subject to public consultation. Uh, so uh, you already have an opportunity, companies already have an opportunity to provide input at this early stage before even the legislation is agreed uh, or the, the standards are adopted. Okay, great. We'll try to link a few of those uh, pages below as well. Um, so how do, you, how do you think the CSRD is related to financial frameworks uh, and investment opportunities? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I think what we're seeing is that both because of market expectations and regulatory requirements, uh, and they combine in different proportions in, on, on different topics, but sustainability related matters have a, a growing impact, whether it's on financial markets or on the activities of financial institutions, such as banks and insurance companies. Mm -hmm. And so um, whether it's asset managers or banks or insurance companies, they are increasingly uh, under pressure from the market or required by regulations to report about and also manage their own sustainability uh, related risks, in particular risks. Mm -hmm. And so they are also going to be demanding increasingly information from the companies in which they invest in or the companies to which they provide loans. 
So whether it's on financial markets or via these more sort of bank-based uh, financing or insurance companies, yeah. uh, I think there is going to be an increasing expectation that companies provide them too with uh, this kind of uh, information on sustainability risks and opportunities. And um, that's why I think uh, I'd really underline that in the future, in my view, uh, this is going to become a, an integral part of, of, of business strategy and business procedures. This is just something that has to be built into. Not, it's not just a nice to have, it's not just a bolt on. Yeah. So it's basically creating more focus for sustainability uh, within the investment portfolios. Indeed, indeed. And we have we, we have a specific uh, regulation that was agreed uh, two or three years ago that will soon require um, asset managers, for example, to report about. Uh, I mean, if they if they claim to be pursuing a sustainability related objective in their in, in a particular uh, product or investment portfolio, uh, they will need to report about. Uh, how they do that and 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 how they they uh, they put together and uh, and choose their investment portfolios to achieve those objectives. Okay, interesting. Um, and of course, the CSRD is is quite related to digitalization of data. So, could you maybe touch upon the European Single Access Point and what that means for reporting this information? Certainly. So what we're the, the message we get from um, from investors in, in financial markets in particular is that they increasingly want information in digital format. Mm -hmm. We've already uh, introduced this in Europe for uh, financial reporting or some financial reports by listed companies. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's the same pressure uh, about uh, and the same demand uh, about sustainability information. So in the CSRD proposal, we've already foreseen the, the, a requirement to also publish this type of information in, in, in digital format. Yeah. But then there's another problem, which is how do uh, investors and others who are interested in this information, how do they actually find it? How do they know where it is? Yeah. Because a lot of this information uh, ends up published on websites or on various uh, registries all over the place. And so it's not always easy to find. And that's the, so the, the problem that the European single access point is trying to solve. Mm -hmm. uh, as its name indicates, uh, the objective of the European single access point, SAP, is to provide a single interface through which users, whether they're investors or NGOs, can access information about any company they're interested in, yeah. uh, certainly those that are covered by the CSRD, um, even if that information is actually stored somewhere else in, in yeah. databases that could be all over Europe. But the interface will 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 be uh, will make it look like it's a single database and then people can access the information through that single point. So we've just published a proposal to establish the SAP uh, and that will now go through the legislative process too. Great. So that will hopefully kind of simplify and, and connect all this data. Indeed, indeed, because it's uh, it can be very frustrating for companies if they publish reports and then people can't find them or or, yeah. or, or don't use them for that reason. So um, again, that's the objective, uh, the, 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 the problem that the SAP is, is, is trying to address. Great. Um, and do you think this will bring some new business opportunities for companies, the CSRD in particular? Well, there may be business opportunities for, for example, uh, data providers or data aggregators um, to provide better quality information to their users, yeah. uh, their clients. But beyond that, 
again, the message I'd like to underline is that I think this we have to see sustainability as part of business is just going to become the new normal. Mm -hmm. There is a huge amount of pressure, of course, partly linked to the climate crisis and the increasing the, the, the targets that have been set to yeah. for the for the economy to become carbon neutral. Uh, so climate is a very clear example of that, but it's wider than just climate, it's biodiversity, it's other environmental issues, also social, social issues, human rights, and so on. So there's a, there, there's, there's a broad demand for this kind of information. And, and, and I think providing this, the reporting about this, these issues uh, it, it should really become the new normal. So, uh, so again, that's why earlier I mentioned that I think it, it has to be factored into uh, business strategy, it's not a nice to have, it's not a kind of an add on, uh, yeah. it has to be an integral part of business strategy and business procedures. Great. So it's kind of shifting uh, the whole strategy uh, into something more sustainable rather than uh, just finding points to, to report on. Indeed, indeed. And, and, and you know, when we, when we look at sustainability, at least in the context of the CSRD, we don't just look at the uh, risks and opportunities that companies face because of sustainability related issues. We also uh, look at the other dimension of materiality, which is the, uh, the impacts that companies have on uh, environment and society and so on. So we have uh, in the CSRD, we take this double materiality perspective, which is sometimes a little bit specific to Europe. But, um, but in our view is essential in order to provide a true and, and full picture of, of the sustainability performance of companies. Great, and do you have any kind of final message or, or tip that you would like to leave uh, these companies with? I, I, I'd repeat a couple of points I've made, which is one, don't wait. Uh, you know, these deadlines that I've mentioned may seem far away, but actually they're not because mm -hmm. Uh, there is preparatory work that needs to be done. Uh, and so uh, I think uh, businesses need to start engaging with this as soon as possible. Yeah. And the second point is, uh, again, don't treat this as a purely technical exercise. Uh, I think companies really need to look at this from a strategic and uh, point of view. How does this fit with your overall business model? How does this fit with your, old comp your overall company strategy? Yeah. Uh, because... Uh, that's the only way in which we're really going to be able to achieve sustainability objectives. Great. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I think that's, that's it for now then. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing your knowledge. It's been really insightful and I'm sure there will be a lot of companies tuning in to, to hear these valuable tips. So thank you very, very much. Thank you. It's a pleasure.